Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Man, I'm doing so good. We are recording on new equipment. We are drinking some coffee. I think we're about to crack some beers. Uh, I've got my run in for the day. Nice. Nice. So it begins. So that was the first time we've ever done a live, a live intro. The very first time ever. We've never done a live intro before. Right. Including the music. We've always edited the music in. Yeah. Yeah. I, we added in post. Yeah. Uh, but we just, we just using our new road, roadcaster. This is not a sponsored message. Uh, pushed a button. The music played. I, I pulled a little fader knob down, mm-hmm. which I'm getting some muscle memory. Can you hand me one of those uh, Bush Lights, one of those domestic American light beers? Ooh. Yeah, girl. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? Terrific. I'm excited to be recording on our new equipment. I'm excited to see some new stuff that we got today, some new stuff that you got over the weekend. I'm not real happy about hearing my own voice in headphones fed into my ears. I do typically feel like I'm okay with the sound of my voice until I hear it recorded. And then it it lights up all these insecurities inside of me. Like, oh, that's really what I sound like? Great. How does anyone listen to the words that I have to say? Yeah. No, I think that's right. I mean, it's a little awkward. You know, it's just sort of awkward, too, uh, that you're you're very conditioned to hearing your voice come out of your mouth and then back into your ears. So you get the internal resonance, which we still get, but... You're, you're instead of getting this ambient, you're getting this plug directly in, and it's just awkward. It's it's a weird feeling. Funny is you sound the same to me. I guess the problem is just me and my own voice. Yeah, it could be. It could be. There's some there's some sort of uh, there's some sort of disconnect happening there. But I, you know, we're recording with headphones for now, and certainly anytime we have guests on the show, we'll probably have to have headphones. But I don't know that uh, we'll have to keep the headphones on all the time. That's okay. I'll survive. We'll get over it. I'll learn to. Deal with it. Like Gloria Gaynor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've got new microphones. We've got new recording equipment. Uh, you, you know, I suspect that the end result product, the, the product that you guys get in your car is going to be very similar. But the amount of time and labor and effort that goes into editing is going to be significantly different. Um, our ability to, to have people on the show is, you, you know, we, I played around with this thing a couple times this week, and it's really just a matter of getting on my phone and dialing a phone number or or hitting someone's name in Skype, and all of a sudden they're there live in the recording, and they sound great, and there's nothing else we have to do. I like that. Yeah, that's right. So if one of you guys manages to get my phone number and you know when we're recording, you could probably just get yourself on the show. Yeah, we could do live call-ins, <laughs> but it wouldn't really be a live call-in, so... Yeah, it'd be yeah. Weird. I mean, live-ish. No. No, yeah, you're right. No, not live at all. No, it wouldn't be like, hey, could you turn your radio down back there? Because uh, we're getting some feedback. No, it wouldn't be like that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, here we are Sunday morning. Um, I- I've got I've got some personal watch news. Ooh. I've got some personal watch news. Before we get into the show, I've, I've got to share because, uh, you-, you know, those of you who are faithful... Listen every week, folks, have heard me joke, joke, finger quotes, joking about if I ever get hit by a car in a crosswalk, 
and survive, when I get the settlement check, I'm going to buy a Speedmaster Professional. That's my that's my made it watch, aka I got hit by a car and made it. Well, I got run over by a Lexus. <laughs> what you didn't know is every time we've made that joke in the past, Andrew and I have made guffaws uh, quietly off microphone because what did happen is in December of 2017, I was in a crosswalk and got nailed by a pickup truck. Wop wop, and um, just spoiler alert, I'm okay. Uh, I've got the clearly I've got the settlement check in so I can now say I'm okay I I stopped wearing that foam neck collar thing finally and he's been out of a wheelchair since what Friday (laughs) yeah um so no I'm I'm okay and there was some pretty serious injuries at the time but um nothing that was life-threatening or permanent or or anything so I've been fine for quite some time but I did get hit by a car and I did get a settlement, and so I am wearing a brand new, not brand new, new almost, to you. almost brand new Speedmaster Professional Moonwatch today. And some of you guys have probably saw on our, our Instagram story that we, I, I've teased it a little bit because I'm, I'm, I'm in a teasing mood. Yeah, with I mean, this you thing. should be. Uh, but I'm just over the moon. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we get sound effects now too, you guys. <laughs> Sorry, they might get bad at first. They'll it, get better. They'll get better. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just so enamored. Uh, the, I think the thing that surprised me the most is the detail. And you know, people say this, so there's no reason that it should have surprised me. But the, the level of detail on it is, is really incredible. You, you know, I pulled out my Dan Henry 1972, a watch I love, uh, but a watch that has a lot in common with this watch. Uh, they, they share some common themes, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just looking at those two watches. Now, now, the Dan Henry 1972 is a $350 watch. So there's, there's quite a bit of price difference, right? between these two watches yeah you know, pretty significant yeah o- over 10 times as much as much money so you, you know you you would expect that there's going to be a, a greater level and attention to detail you'd hope and there is and there is now is it is the price justified when i look at a 1972 or i look at this i don't know and i'm not gonna worry about it i'm totally done playing that game because i, I, I don't bought it yeah it's here i have it the most impressive part to me was the box Oh yeah, you know that thing is crazy. So I did get one of these new, one of these new release moon watches, and so it comes with the full kit. You know, multiple straps and a paperweight that looks like a case back medallion, and a loop with a tachometer on it. I mean, it's it's a kind of ridiculous package. But it's I want ridiculous packages. Yeah, when you spend that much on a watch, you deserve the amenities. Right. <laughs> so uh, I did get a, a practically brand new one. Uh, I think it was originally sold in March of 2018. And this thing has not been worn more than a handful of times by someone who wasn't me. So, um, yeah, I got my Speedmaster. And and, and now we're, we're going to transition to a fully Omega slash Rolex slash AP show. Yeah. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> you might as well just tune out now. And since we can only afford to buy one of those, we're just going to be talking about the Speedmaster forever. All the time. Yeah. Every week, nothing but Speedmaster. There will problem. be episodes where all we do is just listen to the tech. <laughs> the tachometer doesn't make much noise. Uh, it, but we've done it. We've listened, apparently. <laughs> uh, you know, the the sort of the winding on it and the the 
time change, uh, you know, the time set function and um, everything is really incredible. It's an 1861 movement, so it's not anything terribly novel. It's a cam actuated chronograph. Um, you, you know, I've got my ST 1911, 1911, my Siegel chronograph in my HCAD. And um, that's 1901s, right? 1911, 1901. It's around here somewhere. Um, and, and so that's actually a, a little bit more classic design. That's a column wheel mm-hmm. uh, chronograph. And so, so theoretically, I've played with mechanical chrono- chronographs. So the, the pushers didn't surprise me the way they feel. Um, and, and they feel great and, and fantastic. Um, you, you know, the one thing that did surprise me about it is that... I expected when I received this thing that I would become cooler. Yeah, your Lexus would get upgraded in the driveway just upon delivery. And, and you know, it's hard to judge for yourself, right? But, I mean, you could confirm. I don't think I'm any cooler. No, you're not. <laughs> Perhaps a little less cool. And that's just, that comes with age. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I got an expensive watch. It's fun. I've been planning it for a very long time, since before we even started the podcast, I think. Um, or, or right around that same time was when it kind of, you know, that, that thought crystallized in my head. Uh, so here it is. We'll post it on the, on the feed every once in a while. If you're excited about that sort of thing, hoorah. Uh, can I talk about things that disappointed me about it? Yeah, please. You know, because it's, you know, it's not a watch or it's, it, it is not a perfect watch. Hey, number one, it's just a little bit too long for me. The lug to lug or the lug shape isn't complimentary to my wrist size or shape. I put it on. And I was like, mm, I want to like you more. And I, I, again, I've, I've tried on a handful of these and again, wearing this one today, I stand by it. It's just not for me. I don't know what is for me. If this isn't for me, I don't know what could be, but it's just, it's just not for me. Yeah. And then number two, and this is, I think a, a legitimate disappointment. This isn't related to, it just isn't, doesn't fit me right. The NATO that it came with, the, the canvas strap that it came with. Come oh, on. yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we're in this new world of of NATOs. And so it's easy to be critical, you know, when we're seeing all these really stunning NATOs come out. But yeah, I mean, $160 NATO that it comes with. And it's like, eh, me. It's got, the hardware doesn't feel especially, nothing about it was special. Nothing about it stands out against any other quality NATO I've ever had my hands on, I've ever worn, or or frankly, even mid-grade straps that it comes with. Now, the Velcro is cool as shit, and I hope that you wear it on that a lot. But the just the the Omega NATO, it just it you're paying for the stamp on the on the buckle. You know, I think when when Omega introduced his NATOs, and I don't know the year, so if I say a date, I'm gonna, I'm going to say a year that I think it happened, and and feel free to to. Uh, Tell us, tell us how, if we're wrong, but I think it was 2013, 2014-ish that Omega introduced their NATO straps. Um, <clears throat> and at the time, I don't think that there was any seatbelt NATOs on the market. And so they were introducing a really sort of top, high-end product that you couldn't get anywhere else. And, and so at the time, I think that there was some justification there for, you know, A, we're NATO, or excuse me, A, we're Omega. Yeah. And we have high margins on our shit, so and you can't get this anywhere else. And so here's this fucking cool thing that if you want it, you got to pay for it. And so I think that was fine. Now I, I don't know 
that there's any excuse. They're still going to sell them, though. There's no excuse. They can do better. And, and they ought to do better. I don't know that they need to do better because I think it's totally fine. I, I don't know that they need to do better. Um, you, you know, so sh- should we move into sort of phase two of this? Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to actually announce something here. We're going to announce our 1,000 follower giveaway. Um, those of you who follow 40 and 20 on Instagram will know that we... We're nearest to two to 1,200 now. I promised last yeah. week that we would talk about it, and we didn't. We And I so I broke a promise to you, and I'm sorry. We had 1,000, what, maybe three weeks ago, a month ago? About, yeah. Followers on Instagram. At, at some point, our uh, follower growth ticked. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to peg it to. I think maybe nothing. It's just the way these things go. But at some point, our, our follower growth has kind of ticked. And I think we're posting a little bit more frequently, or at least more consistently, and so that might have something to do with it. But we hit 1,000 followers a couple weeks ago, and we've been kind of trying to figure out what to do. Well, in conversations with Adrian of Bark and Jack, um, kind of worked something out. So Adrian is another content creator. Um, a- a- if you guys have watched any Bark and Jack videos, he's the, an English fellow, and he makes wonderful videos. And he just seems like a cool guy. Yeah. Like, I'd like to hang out with him. Um, he, his videos concentrate certainly on uh, higher end pieces. He's looking at five to probably $15,000 pieces. Um, we're in that 500 to to $1,500 range Mm -hmm. on, on our sort of bread and butter, you know, even maybe a little lower than that. So we're, we're, we're doing different segments, but we've talked quite a few times and just, Hey, you know, love this video. That was really cool. That thing you did. A few months ago, maybe six months ago or so, Adrian introduced a line of NATO straps. They're so good. They're so good. I got a recommendation from Instagram user Aggressive Timing Habits to try them. And he said, gosh, I think this is my favorite NATO strap. And so I, I ordered one from Adrian and kind of talking to Adrian about him. And he basically offered to sponsor our 1,000 follower giveaway. Yep. And he did. He sure did. So we've got some Bark and Jack NATO straps that we're going to be giving away via the Instagram page. Um, probably will announce that giveaway the day this episode comes out. So if you're hearing this episode and it's not on our page, keep keep a, keep on there. Just It'll, refresh. Yeah, just hit hit that refresh or pull down. Uh, you know, I, I think probably Thursday afternoon Pacific time. We'll have an announcement on there, all the details, what you need to do. Of course, you know, you're not going to need to do anything or buy anything. Yeah, it won't be one of those follow those those giveaways where you have to like and follow nine different pages. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it won't. Uh, it, it won't be that. Um, although although you, you may need to be following us and uh, you may need to be following Bark and Jack. And uh, it would be helpful. Yeah, the, the, that might be kind of what we do with that. Um but yeah, it, it'll be simple. Uh, follow us here. Basically, just want to give back to you guys an opportunity to sort of uh, get the word out on Bark and Jack straps. And, uh, and and you know what? Before we move on, c- can can you tell me what your what your initial impression of that Bark and Jack strap was? Uh, so initial impressions. Hang on, let me grab one. Grab two here. Uh, initial impression was everything about it's perfect. It's exactly what I want. It's got square holes. It doesn't taper but it's rounded nicely and something that's often missed on the finishing of either seatbelts or natos is that rounded edge that's oftentimes not uniform and not fully finished like i look at it i'm like well shit 
I know I'm going to lose an inch in the next two months because it's going to fray off and I'm going to lose it. I have to cut and burn it. And then it's going to be all weirdly shaped because I'm going to burn it with a blowtorch and it's going to melt. It's going to burn to me. It's going to be this whole thing. That's <laughs> You can tell that, I, that this is an issue that I've had with, with NATO straps in the past. Uh, it's not like these with this, with, with, with these bark and jack straps. The hardware is terrific. Nice rounded edges, but still square shaped hardware. Killer stamp on it just really subtle it's it's not screaming i'm a barking jack i'm a barking jack just a nice uh b and j stamp on the buckle and i freaking love these even the uh even the traditional nato style the uh the, the tubular if you will mm-hmm. that's what he calls them i'd call them like ballistic or, or yeah yeah it, the, the same quality obviously not as soft as a seatbelt. not not i don't think as comfortable as a seatbelt but still has a purpose, has a place, and they are money. Yeah, no, they're totally killer. Um, <clears throat> I think the thing that sort of struck me the most about these was the the thinness, the thinness of the Barkinjack. They, they are very similar to, say, a Toxic in terms of a Toxic Shiznit in terms of feel and softness and sheen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say they're quarter millimeter, you know, thinner than a toxic. I mean, these things are, are significantly thinner than, than my toxic shiznets. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not selling my toxic shiznet collection or whatever, but, um, it, they can, you know, they, they go head to head. And, and I think that they're right around the same price. So these are $30. Um, hardware's fantastic. The, the, forging on the hardware you can just tell this is a a fantastically put together product i'd pick this up over an omega strap every day of the week you you know what i suspected when when he started selling these i suspected these were going to be you know kind of lower end and i don't know why i suspected that it just seemed like well you're a content creator and you're making something to support your channel with i don't think that's what it is is not at all these this is a legit strap company that's making legit legitimately good products yeah he, he absolutely did it right because he could have gone the other way he could have gone the hey we're gonna i'm gonna do this just to to generate some followership to support the content that i'm already creating and instead he went the harder way which is creating a genuine product that people are gonna want and honestly deserves a place in every every watch collector's collection everybody who wears watches collection i i think if you're overlooking these straps and you're in your search for a new for a new strap i i think you're you're wrong. Yeah, I mean these are as good as anything else in my collection. So we didn't, we didn't, uh, we don't have to say anything nice about these. Uh, Adrian was super low pressure with this thing. Um, we're not really getting anything out of this. We just, we just like the product, and so and I can't wait to give you guys some. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you know, I, I've just handed Andrew ugh, the the Bark and Jack, and then the Omega NATO. The biggest um, difference here is the hardware. Yeah, the, that's so right. So the materials is better. It's more comfortable. It's thinner. I think it looks better, but most notably the the hardware. The hardware on the Omega is cheap. I don't know it, that it's, it's cheap. It's thinner. Cheap. It, it's it doesn't thinner. feel. I don't know. I it's think got Omega stamping on it. That's, I think the finishing on the Omega hardware is 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 beautiful and just fine, but it doesn't give you quite that uh, sturdy confidence i'm sure it's plenty plenty sturdy i I know there's zero concern no i i i know it just it doesn't doesn't feel like what i want it to feel like on a on a nato strap i want it to feel a little bit rugged because a nato strap is not going to be refined beautiful uh 
elegant strap. It's gonna, it's got to be a little bit rugged. You, you know, so out of all, of, out of all these straps we have, we've got a number of we got a pile here, sort yeah. of higher end uh, NATO. So um, I've got a Haviston. They're single pass, uh, and you guys know we love Haviston. Um, I've got a Toxic Shiznit. I've got a Moose Strap, a Moose Strap Company, and it, an almost spilt beer, an almost spilt beer. It's not spilt, uh, but almost, almost spilt. A Moose Strap Company, NATO, um, and the, and then a number of these these Barkin Jacks. Out of all, oh, and, and the Omega, obviously, the fabric on the Omega is probably the nicest. You think? I think so. Y- yeah, I, I think the fabric on this and and the edge finishing. You were you were sort of. Um, lauding the finishing the the strap end on the barking jack i think that the omegas probably maybe uh, right there I, I think they're about the same but besides the omega the barking jack fabric is nicer than the, any of the rest of them it's it's smoother it's softer it's thinner it besides the omega the barking jack is the nicest fabric i like the i like the haviston hardware the best but the fabric on the the barking jack is the best Besides the Omega, I think. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on that. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like square holes in NATOs also. I don't like round holes. It is what it is. Yeah. All right. So I, I guess that's it. So 1,000 follower giveaway. There's going to be three, I think. There's going to be three straps in our 1,000 follower giveaway. Um, and, and so details probably on this coming Thursday, which will be the 12th, 13th, the 15th. Thursday, the 15th. Is that right? Close enough? Sounds right. And if we're wrong, we're wrong. <laughs> It'll be the day this comes out. Uh, so, so, so if you're yeah. listening, check out the Instagram. So, so one more piece of watch news, right? Or I guess two more pieces two more. of watch news. Two more. We got a lot of watch news today. Yeah, our topic lent itself lent itself to uh, being able to be off topic for a while. We needed some fluff. Uh, so, a lot of you guys know Seiko has reintroduced or has has revised has introduced this isn't a revision this is a wholly new release masquerading under a different name that's that's right yeah they've relaunched seiko 5 i'll accept that they've relaunched seiko 5 um with not 5 not 15 not 7 not not even 17 27 new dive watches that look almost exactly like a seiko skx yeah. Yep. <laughs> I do I do like the uh revised Seiko 5 logo. I will start with something that I do like. I, I like it too. It, it's controversial, but I love it. I I think it looks good. I think it looks I I wish they would choose if it was going to be Seiko or the new 5 logo and just have one of those like the way that the used to say Seiko Grand Seiko. I, I wish they would have reduced some of the redundancy which seems like a company like Seiko would be doing, but they're not. So we've got the the Seiko Sideways S slash 5 they're looking, which makes, I don't know, a little bit cluttered, I think, and unnecessary. But I, I do like the new logo. So we'll start there. You, you know, I think that it's sort of the opposite problem with Grand Seiko, right? With Grand Seiko, they needed to differentiate to justify the the luxury. No, I, I, I get it entirely. But with- why have the Seiko... Grand Seiko, when it's just Grand Seiko, it which they have done, but, now, I th- but I think the problem with going five is you lose what Seiko, what the Seiko name brings to the brand. If it's just five watches, 
then you're like any of those other Seiko brands that are not Seiko branded. They're no longer Seiko. That's fair. So I think it's the opposite problem. But, you, you know, these have drawn a lot of comments from the watch public. And I think if you're hearing this and didn't know this was a thing, you're in, a, in the minority. And Why are you listening to us? Get on the Google box. Yeah. Um, you, you know, a couple of outlets have chosen to cover this. A couple of sort of well-known watch outlets have chosen to cover this and not refer to the obvious similarities to this SKX. And, and I don't understand why. I've pulled up the Worn and Wound article on this, and, and I actually chatted with Zach Kazan. I think it's pronounced Kazan um, about this earlier in the week because I'd commented about some of these articles that are coming out on various watch publications. And, and I, I actually word searched a couple of them, and nowhere in there did they say SKX. And I think, come on, how, how do you cover this watch and not at least say... This is the SK. I mean, not that it's a secret, not not that it's it's something everybody doesn't already know. It just seems silly. So and and Zach uh, said, well, yeah, we we made the obvious. We we commented on the obvious connection, and and they did, and I think that's the right way to do it. But I think Seiko wants to keep this thing its own thing, but it's clearly the SKX reimagined. Case. Maybe not even reimagined, just sort of with without a screw down crown and with a see through case back. Ah. Uh. I know. So, so right. That's, that's probably the most important part of this story is they have gelded the SKX. That's such a bummer. It to, is. To take a, a prospect entry-level dive watch and reimagine it into not a prospect entry-level dive watch. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I, I mean, it, it's, got, it's got benefits, right? I think that long-term they'll be able to produce this a little bit less cheaply. They don't have to worry about ISO anymore. Um, this is just sort of a watch. And now it's just a, a good looking watch. Yeah. But some of the, I mean, everybody will say, at any time you hear, what watch should I get? I want a dive watch, what should I get? People say get, you know, it, to the extent someone suggests you get the SKX, one of the first two to three things out of their mouths or their fingers on why the SKX is a good value proposition is the ISO certification. So it's it's a no shit 200 meter screw down crown ISO certified dive watch. This is not that. They do have a murdered out one though. Yeah, it's great. And I am pretty into that. <laughs> it's great. It's really attractive. I, I wonder what these NATO straps, I don't know what a Seiko NATO strap looks like, but these are coming on pass-throughs. I don't know if they're, they look to me like a, a double, you know, a, a NATO style strap. So Tons of great colors. Uh, they dropped some with vintage loom. I mean, if, if if you have to replace the SKX, if you have to get rid of it, I think they're doing it right. My problem is I just don't want them to really be messing with the SKX. They should just sell the SKX for forever. So they, they these come in, in five iterations. The sports iteration, which I think mostly come on uh, an Oyster-style bracelet. Suits, which come on, I think, mesh. Uh, the specialist, which come on a weird canvasy looking thing, street, which fuck, street, yeah, stupid, and, and then sense, which have these very, uh, I might be getting these wrong, but you know, some of these have odd textured dials, I'm and not a fan of it. yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. The, I think that what they've provided, what they've taken away in terms of 
legitimacy they've made up for in terms of variety. So now there is an SKX for everyone, although not an SKX. Does everyone even need an SKX though? Probably not. Yeah, and I, I think that was a probably a sound business decision to widen their market segment with a wildly popular watch. So I think, you know, this is a good time to sort of table this discussion. I assume we're going to touch on this a little bit more in our main topic as we move into that. We're at a half hour and we've still got more watch news, guys. So the, the main topic is going to be probably a little truncated today. Pretty short, but it's also just going to mostly be a rant. <laughs> so, yeah, the so check them out. The new, you, you know, I think I've got a I've got model numbers. I think these are mostly SRPD model numbers srpd is what you should be looking for but if you google um seiko 5 relaunch or seiko 5 skx something like that you'll find these there's 27 of them i don't know i think october is what i heard in terms of availability mm-hmm. and uh u.s market japanese market i'm not 100 percent sure uh let's see if sec let's see if sec says uh, the new Seiko 5 Sports Collection will make its debut in October, and pricing in the U.S. will range. So it looks like they are going to be available in the U.S. 295 to 350. Um, yeah, but you, you know, and, and I assume RP will actually be lower than that. I think these will probably be in the two 200 to 250 range. They freaking better be. You're yeah. going to give me less <laughs> for more. Come on. Right, right. Uh, I, I think that that these will settle down at right at that 200 to 250 dollar range. Would be my suspicion. Maybe Amazon for 180. So one final piece of watch news before we move in. And the best piece of watch news, I think. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, there's a company called Synchron Watch Group. And Synchron Watch Group uh, is the company that revived the isoframe rubber strap a number of years ago. And I think something else, too, which I'm I'm blanking on. But maybe I'll come, with, come up with it before we're done. Um, Synchron has brought back the Tropic brand the Tropic Strap brand. And they are launching now. I think they've already launched. Um, They've come back with the original Tropic Strap brand. There are some differences between this strap and the Tropic Strap of yore. Namely in the buckle, the hardware is going to be a little modernized on this thing, which some folks have taken umbrage with. I think that it's a fine move. Uh, that old Tropic hardware was pretty tinny. Um, Why wouldn't you produce something with the best possible hardware? Yeah, nope. That's that's ex- that's exactly where my head goes. Uh, I I think this is a great move. Um, so yeah, you can now buy a brand new twenty millimeter Tropic strap, which you couldn't do even just a month ago. And soon to follow, twenty two millimeter. Yeah, I think they're following up with the 22 millimeter, and I don't know if they'll do a 19 or an 18. I, I think ho- I hope they do. Yeah, yeah, um, me too. They these look so great. The taper on them reminds me of an alligator's tail. They look money. I cannot wait to get my hands on these. Do Do you recall the price off the top of your head? Yeah, they're 79 bucks, so they're mm-hmm. not cheap. They're they are definitely in the you know that isoframe. I think runs. 100-ish, I'm guessing. I, I've not I've not spent a lot of time looking at the isoframe. These are, are less than that. Um, but you can, you know, just like the isoframe, you can get very comparable versions of these right now for 30 to 40 bucks from Watch Gecko and Uncle Seiko and Murad, Murad, Murad. <laughs> just struggle <laughs> with it. I'm not going to help. It's not going to get better if I do. Uh, you, you know, there's uh there's some folks doing like comparisons of the the currently available tri- tropic straps um 
and you know, there's a lot of them. There's Uncle Seiko and Watch Gecko, which in my mind are the two best that I've had a chance to play with. But Maraud also has a strap that I understand is quite a bit better than either the Uncle Seiko or the Tropic. I settled on the, on, or no, excuse me, the Uncle Seiko or the Watch Gecko. Right. For my own purposes, I settled on the Watch Gecko because it's a lot softer than the Uncle Seiko. Um, but it's also not as faithful to the, to the source material. We're going to have to pick one of these up. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd like to pick one of these up. I'd like to pick up one of the Marauds too. The hardware on the Marauds is beautiful. And supposedly it is, it is super soft, super faithful, um, and great and great. So great. Great. (laughs) I think Baltic also has one, which people rave about. Ooh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, new Tropic Strap, 79 bucks. They look really cool. They're very retro, soft. Um, Looks really good on a Doxa. And they look killer on a Doxa. 20 millimeters now. If you if you need one in 22, you're going to have to wait a little bit. Um, but they got colors, right? They got colors. I think I've seen blue. I've seen green. Um, Black, obviously. Yeah, I'm not seeing. I guess it's just blue, green. Olive drab is what they're calling them. Navy blue and black. But I, I suspect, my suspicion is that these are going to be available in, you know, five to 10 colors, 20, 22, and maybe 19 within the year. I hope so. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. So the main topic, we're talking about watches today, although we've been talking about watches. Yeah, we're going to get into something that um, it's going to be a bit of a hot take. We're talking today about international only watches, being watches that are either JDM or European only or American only. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And this is a topic I suggested, obviously. And reason being is that a video came out, what, last week? I think it's about two weeks now. So two weeks ago from Long Island Watch. And you you were the one who tried to get some information. So why don't you why don't you fill us in on that? Yeah, so Mark released a video a couple weeks ago. And Mark from Long Island Watch, obviously. And not, not someone I know personally. But I've watched his videos over the years. And um, he's just one of those guys in the industry who's obviously got a business and, and is supporting his business, but he pr- produces these videos that are just really informative. Uh, he's always got new cool products in. he's just a great member of the watch fam, I would say. Um, but Mark pr- released a video a couple weeks ago that was a little cagey um, and, you, you know, hard to digest, but basically the gist is that he, by way of Long Island Watch, watches is no longer selling jdm versions of those watches and and the the internets have speculated wildly why this might be we reached out directly to mark and he wasn't able to talk to us about it and and he was super polite about it but just said hey really i can't comment on that um right now and and that was fine and we told him as much but there's something happening with seiko where and we've known this right we know that seiko is playing with its marketability as particularly in the united states there's been a push to emphasize their u.s brands to kind of push prospects and presage in the united states um and so seiko is doing some market positioning you, you know the days of a 60 dollar snk are, are gone I think basically and will forever be gone. I think that's right. Yeah, because the SNKs have been discontinued, um, and, and you know the SNK is is a watch that was probably intended for developing markets, um, but 
it seems to me that Seiko is doing a thing where it wants to get, it wants to convince Americans that Seikos are not, are not Sears jewelry counter watches. I agree. And I think, I, I think the, they're making a trend, a deliberate transition. And I think with the relaunch of the five series, what they're trying to do is break out of their emerging market, cheap watches to start introducing the mid and high end luxury watches that we see in air quotes here in the JDM watches that we've really been in love with since we were able to find them on the internet. Yeah. Uh, either this year, I think is there is they're dropping a us only grand Sago option. Um, and maybe, maybe the JDMs coming off of websites, they're trying to force you to buy from their boutiques, force you to buy. I mean, like you just said, the U.S. only options, but here's here's where I'm going to start my rant. Okay. <laughs> Would you like anything else? Because this could go on. No, no, but maybe we'll just sort of we'll button up the the Long Island Watch oh, thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I think that what they've done is they've you know Mark is an authorized dealer. Long Island Watch is an authorized Seiko dealer. I suspect, and this is wild speculation. Please. Do not uh, infer any sort of credibility to this. But my suspicion as just a person in the the watch world who pays attention to these things, I suspect that Seiko reached out to Mark and said, you got to stop that. I suspect that because of, you know, I suspect partially by way of his reluctance to talk about it, that there is either the threat or a pendency of legal action. Mm-hmm. That would be my suspicion. Um, and, and so that's a pretty aggressive move for Seiko to make um and it means that we might see this we might see this you know Seiya is on vacation uh so you yeah can't, right you can't get to the Seiya website right now but I think August 20th it comes back up it'll be interesting to see you know does Seiya also fall off i mean is this going to be something? is that their vacation are they dumping all their jdms off the website who knows right do we know i don't think we do so i don't think that it's going to be impossible to find jdm watches in the united states um but this does seem to signal some shift in the winds it, it may not become it may become not quite as easy now we were on gnomon 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 i like gnoki Noki, yeah. Gnoki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were on Nomon this morning. They still have a hundred JDM sales on their website. So it, it's not um it, it it's not a, a a complete uh blitzkrieg at this point. But at some point I think I suspect we may see that tighten up a little bit. I hope not. Yeah. Well, because all of the Seikos that we like are JDMs. That's what we think. A lot of them, out. yeah. That was that was the crazy part, and they're all so available and i think that's where that's where we're at that's where my rant starts it bugs me a little bit but also i understand why companies are doing home market only launches i understand why they uh so say jdms are not necessarily all made in japan but they're typically made in japan and they're released to their home market consumers a lot of companies do the same thing I'll make a point on that. I don't actually think that most JDM watches are made in Japan. I think Many, that though. Seiko's making most of its watches in Malaysia or, or other sort of industrial markets and bringing them in. There are some... Now, one more point of clarification. that we, you know, The SKX in particular has a J model and a K model. Um, I think that those are probably made in the same place. It's, got, it's, a, it's a marketing thing. So certain markets, they're allowed to differentiate between... 
country of origin versus country of manufacture. I think that's the only thing going on here. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about watches that are marketed and sold exclusively in Japanese market or, or more generally specific markets, right? Yeah, we'll go, we'll go in specific markets because Citizen has a Euro only, one of their Pro Masters is coming out in Europe only. And I sent you that link and there was what, 10 or so Pro Master divers that were going to be a European release. Seiko right. has European release only. And what's curious about it is that it seems to be Japanese companies that are doing this home market only availability. I couldn't find any any Swiss companies that have Swiss only releases. I couldn't find I mean American companies are a little bit harder to to judge because they're for the most part a little bit smaller. So and, and, and we're to, here so it's yeah. harder for us to figure that out. Right. I, I don't know what you're going to be able to find in in other parts of the world, but I also am pretty sure that if you go on to EMG's website or Shinola's website or Brew's website, you can order their watches and they're going to they're going to send them to you wherever they send them because they're out there to sell watches. Right? I mean that's that's an assumption, but I can't imagine that if you're in Japan right now you can't go to Brew watches and buy one of their watches. You, you know, I'm not sure. There's a bunch of tax ramifications. So some of these Ooh. smaller manufacturers have a hard time um, selling their watches internationally because of the um, the 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 import taxes and duties. Uh, I know I think Watch Gauge has Gosh, guys, I'm really sorry if I'm screwing this up. I think my memory, and I'm just shooting from the hip, that WatchGage has uh, distribution centers in the United States and Europe to try to to try to deal with some of this. And I do think that some companies work that way because there is ramifications. But for us, I mean, most of these companies are working really well with us, and we don't do we don't have a sales tax in Oregon, so we some of this stuff we're just underprepared to have knowledge of. But mm-hmm. I know you see occasionally on the on the web people say. In fact, someone was just hitting me up the other day about an EMG Nemo, and they were like, "Gosh, with duty and taxes, I'm at like six fifty for that, which puts which do it puts that watch in pretty competitive territory with some really killer watches." And, and that was my takeaway. I said, "Well, you know, I think at six fifty, I'd be really pumped with an EMG Nemo." Um, but yeah, that does change the conversation. It does, and it's not something I considered during this little bit of a rampage that I prepared. Fair enough. <clears throat> so, with all that being said. I don't know that I'm concerned that online retailers are pulling their JDM watches from their online marketplaces because the the it is we live in such a globalized world. There's so much gray market availability. I haven't personally bought any watches off the used market. I know you have. I know many people who have and have had really positive experiences. They're buying these watches. We're so globalized. When and and specifically for watch people because we're not talking about the the larger people the larger market of just folks who buy watches because at that point who cares they're going to go to macy's they're going to go to a jewelry shop they won't know the difference between a watch that's only available by seiko in the united states in europe in japan and frankly they won't care they're right, going in right. to buy a watch they like right we are the only weirdos on the planet who give a shit if you can buy the j model or the k model and where you can buy it But we can also go to the interweb where this whole little watch community is linked up and talking to people, talking to each other, and buying and selling watches. Yeah. I don't have an issue with them pulling JDM watches. Should I? I don't I don't think I should. I don't think I care. There's so much out there. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, um in 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 preparing for this episode, I went to the Seiko USA website, which 
um, seems like something that guys like you and me would be doing with some frequency. But when I went, I remembered why I don't do that. Because it sucks. It's so dumb. It's like the Orient USA website. Come on. It, I think Orient USA does a lot better job with this. And, 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 and maybe that's... You know, forgive me if I'm wrong. You know, Orient USA prices, Orient USA website prices are are usually quite a bit above RP. They're double. Yeah, I mean, so you're gonna you're gonna pay through the teeth if you order from Orient USA, but they have the watches that you might want to see by and large. Yeah, the Seiko website, not so, not so. I, I think I texted you at like 11:30 last night. I was, I was asleep. Like, I was like, bro, all of the watches, all of the Seiko watches that we like. Our JDM, air quote JDM, because you can buy them on Amazon. That's right. That's right. So, so uh, you go to the Seiko USA website, and they've got a couple of lines that they sell. They've got the Diamond line, and the Presage line, and the Coutura line, and the Prospects line. Um, and, and I thought, well, so I, I started with I think it's the Essentials or the Staples. I can't remember what they call it, but it's like a hundred and fifty crap watches. Crap. Or a hundred and fifty versions of the Quartz SNK. Yeah. Well, not even a Quartz SNK. I mean, these these watches just aren't cool. These are mall watches. You go go to Seiko USA, click on the watches subcategory essentials, I think is what it is. And it looks like the Macy's counter. It looks like the Macy's counter, which is always just filled with crap. They're not crap, okay? These are still Seiko watches. They are interesting quartz movements solar lots and lots and lots and lots of solar lots of solar that's a big push right now and i'm pretty excited about it yeah no and that's a good thing but not interesting watches not to me anyway uh these are pretty bland not interesting watches it looks like a lot of movado yeah yeah that's right it looks like uh so so anyway that's why we don't that's why we don't go to the seiko usa website i remember i remembered um Pro, I, I had really high hopes when I clicked. I saved the prospects, you know, as I'm sort of browsing. I saved the prospects links because I was like, well, that's where the good shit's going to be. And I was right. The, the Recraft line is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I love your green Recraft. I love that blue, that sort of powder blue uh, golf, uh, that golf livery sort of uh, chronograph. Um, but even then, like there's like seven watches on there and they're like, meh. Yeah, most of them, I'm scrolling it right now. Most yeah. of them aren't very good. Yeah. But I mean, I think you're right. I think this is mall watches. And maybe Seiko is trying to be deliberate about breaking into the general consumer market in the United States, and they don't want us watch nerds ruining it for everyone. Well, and I don't think most of this is new. I I, th- I don't think that most of what we're sort of discovering, quote unquote discovering, in this episode is new. I think that this is how it's been for a long time. It's always been the case that Seiko saves its best watches for the Japanese market. The diamond line sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the diamond. I knew it was going to be bad, but it's bad. It's, it's bad. worse. Um, and, and so, and even when you click on the prospects link and you think, oh, okay, well, here's where the good shit's going to be. That's right. That is where the good shit is. But it's mm. it's totally neutered. It, it's This is not, these aren't the versions of these watches that I would want by and large. Uh, you know, I think that they have some monsters in there. I think that they have some. The tuna's cool. Um, samurais. They've got some tunas. Uh, and they have some turtles. They don't have the baby turtle, which is, I think, the most interesting, affordable Seiko diver right now. Um, they don't have any of the 6R or the 8R stuff. 
I mean, none of the, and you know, these ADAR watches, you know, we're not really talking about those watches on this show because they're outside of our price range, but they are the most interesting. They are the most interesting Seiko watches. They don't have this stuff. They don't have the cool shit. I got a lot of bullshit up here. Yeah, it's a lot of bullshit. I'm done browsing it. They, <laughs> they've got these Seiko Street tunas, which, um, meh, meh. I think what it comes down to. Do they have the digital tunas on there? No. On the Seiko, yeah. So they don't. I mean, the the cool shit isn't here. Why? I, I, I it's marketing. It's a marketing it, thing. It it's, is. It's it, a marketing thing. But with all that being said, we can still find our favorite Seikos. On Amazon, Gnomon, Gnomon, probably Sis. Alibaba. I've never shopped on Alibaba, but probably there. And at the ve- in the very worst case scenario, you think Alibaba? It's like an Amazon competitor, isn't it? I guess I don't. I don't know. I actually don't know Alibaba as well. I mean, it's it's kind of a hard thing. It's hard to buy from Alibaba. You got to like get a broker. I think I don't know. I don't know. I had a. I used to work with a guy who was from China, and he said he never used Amazon. He only used Alibaba. Okay, well, there you go. I mean, that, that's as much as I know about it. I imagine that the gray market's never going to go away. We still have Watch You See. We have all these watch forums where, shoot, if someone were to email me, if someone were to hit me up, I, even though I never check it, so don't don't hit me up on Watch You Seek. Hit Everett up on Watch You Seek and say, hey, there's this American version only of this watch. I'll buy it, but I need to buy it through you, and can you send it to me? And here's 20 bucks. Like, here, <laughs> I'll buy you guys a six-pack. We'll yeah. do that. That the, One of the my favorite parts about the watch community, and it's really... It's like every other small community of people who who gather around something. Is we all connect. We're all willing to help. I mean, shit, people have sent us... They don't even know us. They've sent us their watches and never <laughs> asked for them back. Well, yeah. we. I mean, I've never sent a watch back. It's crazy. Well, I mean, we, we give them back, but people have never asked for them back. <laughs> That's true. We do give them back. Yeah, they just... I try not to. People just trust that, hey, I'm mailing these two weird dudes who just drink beer and talk about watches. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to mail them my watches, all of them. And then they can just keep them for, you know, however long. And sometimes they've been like outrageously. We had Eric's watches for like two months. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Eric. I'm just... <laughs> I still feel bad about that. That was the longest. Yeah. Everyone else, you know, they, we just send them back. No one ever prompts like, hey, um, I want it back. I kept, just... I kept messaging Eric too. I said, I'm going to send them out this week. And I didn't. It's no, the only time so we've ever done that. They were just that. so good. Why, we those, <laughs> we could not part with those. It was there was tears. Yeah, there was a a, a sorrowful go- goodbye at the post office. <laughs> we made one of those signs. Yeah, like one of those World War II movies where all the ladies are standing on the ship dock, white kerchief in hand, <laughs> waving to their sailor. Yeah, that happened. That was real. <laughs> but that's what it comes down to is is this conversation of domestic market or only one market. I, I both understand and don't understand why it's happening in that I, I wish that it would in this globalized economy that we live in, they would stop fighting with domestic markets only. But I get why you want to do things for your home market, the, the market that got you stood up and going. Beer companies do it all the time. Yeah, they have keg only. They have home market whatevers. And I think that's I, I think that's similar in the in the watch industry. But I wish I wish I could just get all the watches. You know, one of the things we do when we do these episodes is we always like to we always like to pull up a couple of options for you to look at. And uh, it felt a little silly doing it this week because literally any Seiko that you're interested in is a JDM watch. For the most part, yeah. I, I mean, 
you, you know, it doesn't matter. And so we kind of picked some of our favorites, but it feels a little silly to do so. A couple of these are pretty interesting, actually. Um, some of those are available now at outlets. Some of them you're going to have to work a little bit harder, but I guess we'll just go through and kind of talk about these. But again, caveat, this feels a little silly. These aren't like recommendations like we make in our $400 watch episode or our pilot watch episode. This is different. These are some watches I wish I could go down to Macy's and buy. All of the Seiko divers, um, dress watches, sport watches, all of the ones that you want are JDM. All of them. Yeah. They're Which all, I didn't know. They're all they're all JDM. I did not realize that until this week. SKX is JDM. I do think I, I read a few times this I, I read a few times in researching for this that the SKX doesn't have a US variant. I don't know that that's true. I think the SKX one seven three, one seven five were US market versions of the 007 and 009. Um, but I just don't think very many people have them. I know uh, Mike from Two Broke Watch Snobs had a 175, I think, the Pepsi version uh, of, of the U.S. the U.S. market version. But I think he's the only person I've ever met, I've, you know, and I have never met him in person, but he's the only person I've ever heard of having one of the U.S. market versions of that. So um, the SNK, I don't believe there's ever been an, a U.S. version of the SNK. I don't believe. Just global versions? Just global. Yeah, that's right. Just global, just global versions. Maybe not JDM, but but just international market versions of that watch. So I don't think that Macy's, for instance, has ever sold an SNK. And and, and I'm happy to be wrong about that. And I don't really care. So I've got a good watch. Yeah, talk about it. it I like is, this one. I like this one. It is the S A R G Zarg zero one three Zarg, and it is money. It's coming, I like on, it. it's coming on the oyster bracelet you expect you expect Seikos to show up on. Uh, it's one of these a little bit dressy, a little bit sporty, a little bit of identity crisis, but will fit in most situations. Mm-hmm. A nice, clean, thin bezel. Kind of a Blanc Pawn yeah. 50 Fathoms bezel. Uh, an, an automatic. 6R, right? Just a date window. Uh, yes. 6R movement. Yeah. 6R movement. And this thing's money. It's... it's uh, Kind of a kind of a sport diver, like what we've been talking about. We hope the resurgence is this year, and the evidence is supporting it. We did a hot take in January that this year was going to be sport dress watches, and son of a bitch, it's it's looks like it might happen. Oh my gosh, man! It's only August. So many cool, so many cool. You know, we 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 have a little bit of insider information that I probably won't share with you. Just we won't share it. Just talking to brands, but some of these uh, brands are pretty public. You know, there's a, a brand that was formerly, I think, Miris, and then became Atra. They did a brand change prior to their Kickstarter. They've got a dress watch, uh, who who a dress sport watch. You know, a forty millimeter. Who else? I, I posted a couple of them just the other day, and they were all money. Yeah, money, I, money, money, money. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the year of the dress sport watch that, uh, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the show, but I've always said, if I was going to, if someone came to me with $25,000 and said, Everett, please make me a watch that you think will sell. That that didn't happen. But I've always said the- No, we didn't get the $25,000. What I would design is a 38 to 40 millimeter uh, sport watch, sport watch, field-ish with a flat ground bezel. With vertical, with vertical brushing, and highly polished chamfers on the bezel, mm-hmm. there, and, and it doesn't exist. Monta has done it, but Monta is very expensive. Too much for me. 
too much for me to, I mean, they're just too much for me to buy on a regular basis. I mean, now I'm a speedy owner, so you know, I'll probably go on kind of probably a big deal. Probably buy five deal. or six months. Kind of kind of yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, they're just too much for me to buy day in and day out. There is literally four or five companies that are going to release late 2019 a watch that matches that specification under 700 bucks. Get ready, y'all. It's happening. It is. It was our year. We hit it. On, next year, we will not get it right. Are we? Are we a part of the conversation? Probably not. You know, I, I'm not going to call them out, but a brand that we have so much respect for and love and love reached out to us this week and said, "Hey, you guys did an episode, and when we listened to that episode, we realized that you were right that there was maybe a gap in the market." And so we had already, been, I think they'd already been thinking about doing this, but they said, we listened to that episode and based on the things you said, we set some rules for ourselves and we designed a watch. So next fall, you'll be seeing a 1420 branded Rolex <laughs> hitting the market. <laughs> Price at $250, friends and family discount for friends of 40 and 20. Get ready. You know, it was one of those really humbling moments. Like, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. I sort of had to like ping them back and be like, are you being serious? Are you joking? It just felt really cool, which is not to say that we're like pushing the envelope or anything, uh, but it did feel a little bit like that. It's like, man, this is so cool that that happened. And I'm going to buy one of those watches. Me too. I, I'm going to have to buy one and and just wear it because it's so, uh, it, I mean, a flattering, you know, one that these guys were even listening to us and two that that. What else do you guys do? Like, <laughs> that lonely and bored? Come on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, super cool. Uh, let's blast with these watches. Shit, man, we're in an hour. How did this happen? Oh, God, I don't know. Okay, so we've got the Sarg. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, these. so here's, this is a watch that, that isn't even available anymore. No, you'll, you'll have to find this gray market, but I think, you'll be, I think it'll be easy to find a gray market. Probably 600 bucks. Yeah, maybe, I don't maybe. know. You said you did find new. I, did, I found a couple outlets that had them available new at the 700 price point. Seiko Brights, and this was Brights with a Z. Brights with a Z. The SDGM001 is the version you've pulled up. This is the white, kind of creamy, yellow, white dial. Um, this is a, 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 let's say, soft gold. Sure. Yeah. Champagne. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that was better. Wow. <laughs> I do this. I do this. Yeah. We, we're professional podcasters. Yeah, we are. We got professional equipment and everything. This is a cool watch, man. The I think that the the big thing on this one is the is the bracelet. Uh, it it's just has a t a stunning five link bracelet. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, imagine the Sarb, fill in the hands, and make it just a touch bigger, a, a touch bigger, and just all around finish it twenty times better. I don't know if I'd say 20, but just a little bit better. You, you know, I think retail on these is about a thousand. I think they regularly, when they were widely available, sold for about 750. Um, I, I think that you could still probably get these in the six to eight hundred dollar range. I don't I don't know. I think probably pretty easy. I didn't I didn't do a whole lot of looking for it because this this if I'm gonna get a watch in the style, I'm gonna get the Sarb. I like the size. I I may be more impressed with the finishing here. It's just a little bigger than I want. It's 14 height. I think this watch and, and one other that we're going to talk about really exemplify the difference between American market Seiko and JDM or, or international market Seiko. Uh, the finishing. Oh, my God. 
oh my God, you can't find anything short of like uh, Astron or, or maybe some of the Kuturas, which are fucking weird alien watches. Um, you're not going to find something finished this well in the American market. The, not at a Seiko, no. The finishing on this thing is like that. Yeah. Like, like yeah, kiss, kiss the air. Like the meatballs. And then I'm going to pour some salt. Oh, out. yeah, down the elbow. Salt bay, down yeah. the elbow. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, this... It, the finishing is just superb. That five link bracelet, uh, and, and when I say five link, imagine you know the bracelet. For instance, if you don't have one, you'll have to imagine it. I'm just gonna look at mine, but imagine the bracelet <laughs> on <a> Speedmaster. <laughs> Everyone, go get your Speedmaster on right now. <sighs> yeah, I feel pretty cool, guys. <laughs> He's blushing. That's how cool he feels right now. The sweat's about to break on your forehead. I can see it. The finishing, right? That's where the difference is, the finishing. And, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know that this is a true five link. I think that it maybe just has sort of a carved and polished uh, piece on it, but better than anything else you can get in the American market. I don't think it's a five link. Next up? Yeah, it might not be a five link. I don't care. So the next up, this is, I think, the best, uh, the best diver um, that's sort of JDM exclusive from Seiko. These are all Seiko, by the way. Sorry. Uh, there may be other JD, JDM stuff. We, we realized... The, Citizen does some, yeah. but Seiko is really the one who has the corner on the, air quotes, JDM, and air quotes, yeah. market. So so this is... I, I think that this is the one watch that I should get that I never have um, because, I don't know, it's just sort of... It's in an, it's a tweener, but the, the Seiko Sumo. Mm-hmm. The Seiko Sumo. And, and, you know, the other thing that's happened to these, so they just reintroduced these and they're like a fucking thousand bucks which is probably the right place to have these but it makes it a watch that i no longer really strongly want if you want to give them away we'll take them yeah yeah i I mean and maybe this is still the case you used to be able to get a sumo for 300 to 400 used used yeah 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 i Uh, I have to change topics real quick i don't know if you've noticed but all the ads the targeted ads on all these websites we've been on have all been omega (laughs) (laughs) i may have (laughs) I may have spent some time looking at Omega. Just, yeah. They're all <laughs> Omega. <laughs> okay. You're giving all my dirty secrets. At least they're not porn anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, mine are also all Omega, but I now I know. Not for me. I knew before. You know, they're still the reduced. They're, and I, we did try the reduced on in Mexico, and that was money, money. It was... But it's... I, yeah. I don't know. I feel weird getting the reduced. I feel like if you're going to get a Speedmaster, get the Speedmaster. Remember that guy that I was like, I want to try on the 36 millimeter Datejust. And he was like, no, you don't. Here's yeah. a 41. And I was like, no, I really want to try on the 36. Listen, and he was like, sir, I'm here to buy nothing. <laughs> Let me try it on. <laughs> and he was like, you don't want that. Well, you were fatter then. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah I was fatter then. Not a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah a lot. you were a lot fatter. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> The Blumo, I, I mean, or the Sumo the, and the Blue, including the Blumo. But, you know, I think the big takeaway for me when I look at this watch is you, you can just tell top down, and we've tried these on, uh, but you mm-hmm. can just tell looking top down, they've done more with the case finishing. They've done more. Yeah, they, they've definitely upped the ante on this. They've done more. And, 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 you know, people don't like the Sumo for a number of reasons. One, it's big. It's fat. Yeah, so what, 44? She's a pig. I think she's 44. Uh, and, and they don't like the 20 millimeter lug width. I like that. What I, what's interesting about this to me is it's like a three and a half crown. 
yeah. not neither a three nor a four. Right. <laughs> right. It's the, the 345 crown. Yeah. It, I love this watch, man. I love this watch. I, I think that it, it is a big diver. So you're gonna you're gonna have to be comfortable with the big diver, but it's got those sort of pillow edges that Seiko does so well. It kind of wraps, it's gonna look soft, it's not gonna be real boxy and edgy and these are pretty slim too they're not they're not crazy thick Mm -hmm. but it's a dive watch also like if 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 you're looking for a dive watch to go under your under your button-up shirt cuff this is the wrong category and six r movement you guys yeah six r movement six r yeah yeah yeah. I've, I've looked at these a lot, and you, the you, size is really what's turned me away from them. You, you can't get, uh, you, you know, so people people often ask, well, what's the big deal about the 6R? A, A, nothing, and B, everything. It, it's It's got an extended power reserve. It's I mean, it's just better. They're just built better. This is Seiko's 2824 competitor, and... Um, they're better, right? There's a you know, there's a number of subtle differences to make it better. Yeah, and, and I think that's the answer. W- when you're working off of a movement as good as as their 7S, the upgrades you make to that 6R movement don't have to be dramatic. That's right. Yeah, and, and the 7S, you know, you can get 90% of the 6R with the 4R. Yeah. Or, excuse me. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah. I said it the right way. You can get 90%, maybe 95%. Uh, which is why Seiko has made the four hour their workhorse that mm-hmm. or the NH 15, 16. Um, that's why, that's why they've done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but it feels like they're dumbing it down for the U S market. Give me some six R movements in the U S market. I mean, I don't know why I care. They I don't, don't want to, they don't value us as customers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. This is the cream of the crop, right? Yeah, it and, is. And it's the most expensive. Well, maybe not. I don't know. This this and the new Sumo may be in pretty close competition. Because of this watch, I walk in traffic without looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's well played. <laughs> you got me off guard with that one. So this oh, is fuck. the watch uh, uh, informally referred to as the baby Grand Seiko Snowflake. It is not a Grand Seiko. It's a Seiko Presage line. Um, S A R X Sarks zero five five. So this is a watch that is very similar in many respects to the Grand Seiko Snowflake. Hence the baby baby Snowflake. Uh, titanium case, superb finishing, and it's going to cost a five link. I think it is. I think it is a real five link. It's going to cost you a thousand bucks. This is a thousand bucks. Or getting hit by a car it'll so come to find out even if you get a hit by a car a speedmaster still call, costs something like four grand hmm. <laughs> <laughs> even if you get hit by a car you still have to pay for it yeah but the money came from nowhere it was just a gift from the sky or did, the road did i tell you about pushing the button no uh, so so first i i need to say i bought this watch from crown and oh caliber. yeah you did you did crown and caliber uh isn't isn't a sponsor they're not paying i didn't tell them who i was um nothing like that because hey i'm everett from 40 (laughs) give me a discount (laughs) right i mean there's none of that would that work do you think i know i do not think it would work um you you know i I just bought this watch on the website like anybody would um but when i i put it in my cart it it was time it's time and so it's time i put it in my cart and then you know you got to do some stuff right you got to tell them where you live and give them your paypal information and like it's a confirm purchase that came up on my phone (laughs) confirm purchase and i came in 
and Kim was working. She works from home, and Kim's working uh, in in the in the office slash recording studio slash guest bedroom. And uh, I said, "Hey, babe, I I need you to push this." And she's like, "There's no fucking way. If you give me that phone, I'm pressing the back button multiple times, <laughs> getting it all the way back." <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I wound up pressing the, but it was like, uh, you, you know, kind of, it felt weird, right? It felt weird to spend that amount of money. On I've never, I've never clicked that amount of money. I've signed that amount of money. Yeah. But I've never clicked that amount of money. It felt weird. It felt really weird. It, you it, immediately sent me a screenshot of the, of the map though. Yeah. That's <laughs> coming. It's coming. <laughs> it, it's exciting and it's fun. Uh, but it's a little insane. It is insane. It's insane. To spend that amount of money on a watch, it's insane. Worth it. That's an heirloom now. It's an heirloom. I talked about that, uh, you, you know, and I think that's right, but it's insane. So this is not that much money. It's a little bit less, but it's still, you know, if you're anything like me, you're going to get some wiggles when you go to buy this thing. But Or if you're anything like either of us and do it without permission, you'll get choked to death. <laughs> to death. <laughs> like, like bouncing face off pavement and then strangled to death. Andrew, we have been going for so long. This is going to be the longest 40 and 20 episodes since early, early Who when knows? we, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. We got new recording equipment. We're celebrating. <laughs> Hopefully the fidelity is not total shit because you guys are going to keep on listening. Other things, my man, go. Uh, this morning when I should have been working on this episode and yeah. maybe other, other work related things. Yeah. I started watching Taboo. This sounds... On Hulu. Uh, okay, so it's okay. It is an FX show with Tom Hardy. And it is dark. It is grimy. And it is cool as shit. Whole premise. Homie who has been exploring in Africa in the early 1800s returns to England after his father dies and gets into this... Um, the drama is... <coughs> Sorry. The drama ensues because his half-sister uh, is in somehow somehow affiliated with the will that his uh, father, who's a shipping magnate, um, is passing down the family business. So he shows up back into this mess, and it's real corrupt, it's real gritty, and I loved it. It's got the um, uh, Rob Stark's wife. From Game of Thrones, she is uh, Tom Hardy's half sister, and I saw her, and I was like, "Oh, hello, hello." I will, yeah. Anyway, uh, first episode, killer. Still working on Black Sails, which I said we were going to talk about. I'm watching a lot of TV right now. For any of you who are wondering, don't judge me. <laughs> um, well, you know, I realized at some point that other things just became the shit we're watching on Netflix. Watching on Netflix podcasts we're listening to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. What do you got? Do you, do you know who Logan Marshall Green is? He's a guy who looks like Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys don't know who Logan Marshall Green is, just pull up a picture of him. He looks just like fucking Tom Hardy. They, 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 they look the same. It looks like a before and after. <laughs> like, like uh, this is me going into a cage fight. This a is me coming out. Ashley Simpson. Uh, she's her own before and after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. I watched a movie i watched a movie on amazon i had to pay for it i had to rent it like like blockbuster in the old days tell me about it it's called alita oh 
It's called Alita. So this is a movie. You probably remember the trailers from six, seven months ago. Uh, but this is a it's a it's a gal, a young gal in the future with big eyes. She's got really big eyes. Turns out she's a robot. That's why her eyes are so big. Mm, that'll she, happen. She looks like a little she looks like a a, a, a little uh, young person, perhaps. Like a child? That was a weird way to say it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that was a weird way to say it. I'm sorry. It's, I, it felt like it was going to get better and it got worse. Uh, but she's so so right. She's she's an android. Turns out she's uh, some super some super cyborg from the past, but with technology in her brain, heart, and body that that hasn't been replicated. And so she's badass and she kicks ass. Uh, it was one of those movies that you see the trailer for and you're like, "Is this going to be good?" Because it could be real bad. And you paid money to rent it anyway? I had been kind of excited about it. I don't know why. When I saw it, and, and so I'm not that, I'm not a comic book guy. Some people are comic book guys and gals and gals. In fact, I have, I have, I, I got my ass kicked by a runner this morning who's a gal who's a comic book person, a professional comic book person. Not that she sells comic books, but she studies them and teaches about them. How cool is that? And she runs really fucking fast. She's had to run away from bullies all her life. <laughs> I don't think that's true, <laughs> but uh, so uh, I, I don't know when I when I I don't know the past. I don't know if this was a comic book. I didn't look it up to tell you guys about it. I just wanted to tell you that this is a movie that's got mediocre Rotten Tomatoes reviews. I, I think like 36, 37 percent Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty poor, pretty bad. Uh, and, and when you and and the, but when you look at the audience score. I think the audience score is like 63%. Okay. So whenever I see a differential like that between the critics and the audience. That's intriguing. It's intriguing. And because here's why. Because critics worry about things that I'm not worried about. Yeah. So dumbness, uh, small lapses in continuity. Um, plot holes. Plot holes. Uh, you, you know, general sort of script framing you know things that when you're watching you're like oh yeah come on but 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 most good movies or entertaining movies are more than a sum of their parts and that's where the audience score comes in right this movie was entertaining and i loved it uh and that's how Alita was so i rented it with my wife my sweet loving wife and we watched it together and we both fucking dug it it was so good it and it was that type of movie which uh it didn't tell the whole story, so we know there's going to be more. Ooh! And it finished off with like not a spoil or not a not a cliffhanger. It wasn't a cliffhanger, but you could just tell there's more to this story, and it's going to be fucking good. One of those things where they could wrap it up or they could continue. That's right. That's right. And and, and I assume they'll continue because it was so good, uh, entertaining, fun, dynamic. Loved it. Loved it. Super duper loved it. It had like a a, a little bit of a. Philip K. Dick feel, although not a Philip K. Dick story. So, so if you know PKD, uh, it's not a PKD story, but it had that Blade Runner future dystopian feel with with a little bit of bubble gum. Okay, yeah, loved it. Really, really good. I'm intrigued. Also, another one, and this isn't another thing, but it's a sort of add on. Tom Hardy, because you talked about him, the 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 movie Venom. Oh yeah got terrible reviews terrible 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 reviews uh and it's so good it's so good it's funny it's entertaining it it's paced well um there it, it, oh, 
there's this idea that all comic book movies have to be Endgame or whatever, and that is. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen Endgame Mm-mm. or Venom. Mm-mm. All right. You know what I did watch? I watched Into the Spider Verse. Okay, yeah, super good. Loved it. Yeah, my well, kid it loved got, it too. It got really good reviews. Well, I would expect so, but my kid loved it, and I then watched it without him because when you watch a movie with a kid, you miss so many parts of the movie that I had to watch it by myself. Yeah. Nope. I get it. I get it. Well, Andrew. We're going to do a live outro. Oh, let's do it. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about before we do that? I don't. You don't? You're totally done? Well, I mean, for the purposes of this recording, yes. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Please follow us on Instagram at 40 and 20. If you want to be in the drawing to win these straps. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to support 40 and 20, uh, Become a patron at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That is where we get the most of our support for the show to pay for this recording equipment and hosting and whatnot. And eventually we may even have a website with reviews and all that good stuff. We'll see. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. <laughs>